Hey guys, welcome to another episode of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it. No, black queer dot dot dot, and dot dot dot. Uh, where the dot 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 this week is all about um, an amazing black and queer writer, producer, and music supervisor named Rhonda Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to sit down with Rhonda and talk to her about what she's doing yeah. right now um, and what she's working on and just the, you know, influences within her work of, mm-hmm. you know, black, being black and queer. And yes. so and the this things is, that shaped her artistry. And, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Come on in the room, Shamin. Good job. <laughs> Uh, so Rhonda <laughs> is best known for her work on the award-winning web series Cheetah in August and Purple Panties podcast by Zane. Um, and we just found out that she is working as a writer on the podcast called Black Widow. Um, Rhonda's been studying her creative pursuits since about 2012, viewing all failed opportunities as the universe simply reordering her steps. I like that. In 2015, she landed a job as a staff writer for Bond TV, a platform that's dedicated to creative to creating quality queer content, which is something we definitely need. Yes. Yes. Uh, in her next move to 927 Entertainment, Rhonda quickly promoted was promoted from writer's assistant to producer, where she honed her skills in big picture thinking, budgeting, and negotiation. Right now, Rhonda is in pre-production on Medicated Dawn, which is a short film that centers around the black queer experience and redefining sisterhood. So I actually met Rhonda through Instagram where I saw like all these pictures of the work that she was doing with Medicated Dawn, which she's almost done with. And I just loved just, you know, seeing what she was doing. Like she was really, she, she drew me in with these pictures. And so I wanted her to share that experience with you all. So enjoy. Enjoy y'all. Hello. Hello. Hey Rhonda. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. We're like really excited just to see more black and queer uh, people, you know, doing shit like, <laughs> yeah, it's important because it's not it's not happening enough, you know. It and, is, man. you know, yeah, it's not happening enough. I think conversations are being had, but I think like in in terms of it translating into art and like pieces of work that we can look at and and take something from it, I we definitely want more of that to be happening. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to start. There are three questions that um, I like to start with. And so the first one is, how do you identify? I identify as lesbian, but I also identify as queer. Now that it's like this word is like returned and emerged. Yeah. And I, I, like, I like identifying as queer as well. Um, I don't feel like I have a specific reason why. I, I feel like I do it because I can, you know? And, you know, like it's just kind of interchangeable. And I, and I find myself, when I'm in certain settings, it's just easier to say queer just so you you know that I'm cool with whatever's going on. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't have any problems with what's happening in, in certain, in any setting really. But when I say that people feel comfortable, you know, so I just kind of like standing because I can, honestly. Well, I was just going to say that I, I uh, like using the term queer too. And we use it here on the co- 
the podcast just to kind of like an umbrella term because there's a lot of freedom in the word. And I think that's kind of what I hear when you're talking about the way that you use the term. And I love Mm -hmm. how you claim because, you know, as you know, many centuries ago it was used as a derogatory term. And I love how people can come together and be like, you know what? Uh Uh-uh, we won't, you know, we're going to take this back. Um, Yeah. So that's all I want to say. So what does the word black mean to you? When I think of the word black, I just think of just just powerful and unstoppable. That's those are the kind of the first couple words that come to mind. Right. Um, I think that I mean I think just like being black, like I feel like you can throw anything at us and we'll find a way to get through it. You know, yep. we'll find a way to be resourceful, we'll find a way to be resilient, mm-hmm. we'll find a way to get to where we're going. You know what I mean? Like we don't need a map, we don't need a GPS, we don't need anything, we'll figure it out. You know, right. and that's just like the first thing that comes to mind. And I, you know, I feel like that I've been able to experience the the power of just being black, just in my family. And, you know, obviously our, our overall history, you know, it, it, it's set in stone. It's absolutely powerful being black. Like you, you can't even dispute that, you know? Right. So. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. What does the word queer mean to you? I think queer is just a, a, a flexible word for anybody that's a part of the community um and I say flexible because you know lesbian is, is is attached to women gay used to predominantly be attached to men even though women say it too so I feel like when you say queer it's just inclusive of everybody that falls under the umbrella and and I think it's just a it just it's an intro when you're meeting someone and say hey I'm queer you kind of like okay cool I can be myself around this person and it's just kind of interchangeable however you want to use it I don't feel like it's just set in stone like the word lesbian you know what I mean like a man could never be like I'm a lesbian I mean he can but that's not how it's used you know what I mean so I like the word clear just has a lot of freedom and flexibility for anybody that is kind of under the umbrella you know for the LGBTQ um, community that's funny that you said that because on like our first episode I said um, I like to use the word queer because we always think of two men when we think of gay. And a lot of it's true. Like, a lot of times we use the word gay and we don't even realize it. Like you never hear gay men say that they're lesbians. Well, except for uh, mm-hmm. open pride and we're a friend. Oh, when Alvis yes, was trying to get on the lesbian cruise. <laughs> right. <laughs> that right. That is true. That yeah. is true. But it's like it's not very common. You mostly hear like everybody saying gay, even if they are yep. not quote unquote like a man being with a man. And so I like the term too because it's like it fits everyone. It's what it's what you make it. Right. Exactly. And I, and I, like I said, I've been identifying as a lesbian for all of my life but it's like it's kind of cool to just call myself something else like you get it yeah. yes I'm into women you got it whatever you know what I mean right. I don't have to like go into too much detail and I'm just cool with whatever anybody is doing you know like I'm totally flexible I'm not judgmental about what anybody is into you know what I mean so right. nice so what are you working on right now I know I know what you're working on right now but mm-hmm. <laughs> tell the folks what you're doing right now Sure. Um, so right now I am, uh, we're in post-production for uh, my short, our short film, uh, Medicated Dawn, which is a film that I was able to write and produce and direct for the first time. Um, and I'm doing that. And I'm also currently writing on a podcast called Black Widow Podcast. It's an erotic podcast. And most of the stories are predominantly heterosexual. So I had reached out to the guy who um, produces it and runs the project 
and I'm bringing the queer lesbian aspect to it now, telling those stories. Nice. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So those are my current projects right now. So when are you expected to finish um, your short film? Medicated Dawn, it'll probably be done this week, actually. Um, we're like a couple of days behind, but it'll be done this week. And our goal is to hopefully screen it. Not even hopefully, we'll screen it next month in October. So what we wanted to do was get like the cast and crew together first. We'll take a look at it, have like a wrap party. And then we're going to have like a screening um, and hopefully get it out there to everybody and start entering film festivals as of October. Nice. That's really Congratulations. Exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. Now, I heard you mention that you'll be uplifting queer lesbian stories. Is that right? And for the for the podcast, yes. Um, Black Widow podcast, yeah. It's because it's an erotic podcast that predominantly has heterosexual storylines. Uh -huh. um, so when I reached out, you know, because I'm interested in being a part of it, um, I'm bringing, because I thought that I was going to have to kind of fall in line with the heterosexual dialogue, which is fine. I can, I can write both sides of it. Right. Um, but I love that, you know, the guy, Eric, he's like Eric Dizzy, he, who's in this, his podcast, um, and it's, it's a well-established podcast, and I really enjoy the storylines. He wanted me to bring the lesbian aspect of it, you know, so I was like, cool, so it worked out. Yeah, that's great. The reason why I asked you about it is because in looking at some of the work that's on your website, one of the things yeah. I noticed was that there's a lot of gay men, um, there's, uh, some uh, heterosexuality. And so you're a very, very diverse writer, but I was curious to know about like where your passion comes from for writing. Do you, do you write about queer lesbians? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so my passion for writing, I think this is, this is just something that was just, it's just who I am. Like I've been a creative person since I was a child. Um, and for a long time, I didn't know what to do with that, with that energy, like what to channel with it. So, you know, I did short stories and poetry for a long time. Um, but as I got older, you know, of course, my parents were like, okay, so what are you doing with this writing thing? Then I went to school for journalism, realized I didn't love that, of course, after I graduated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> then I realized I wanted to, you know, I wanted to write films. Um, and for a long time, for many years, you know, I was afraid of actually writing because it was kind of like once I'm done writing these, you know, these short films and feature films or TV projects, what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. So then eventually, it, you know, took me to continue to, to evolve. And then I eventually got a mentor and a lot of it, you know, she really helped me get back to the point of like, Rhonda, you need to make sure you write what you know. That's very important because it was many years when I was trying to stray away from the, the lesbian dialogue. I didn't want to be pigeonholed into being a lesbian writer that wrote lesbian stories. Like, you know, I was trying to run away from that narrative. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and, and to be honest with you, like I'm, I'm, that's all I'm focused on now because that's my calling. And I know how important it is for our stories to be told because they haven't been told. And right. the ones that have been told are not really accurate at all. You could tell that it's not someone that's living this, that, that lives this life, that is into women, that has these relationships. Mm -hmm. That's not who's writing these stories. So now I realize like, how powerful my, my um, stories are, how powerful it is for me to be telling stories that people can actually relate to, you know, that are authentic. Yeah, there's no doubt that there is um, a lot of power and strength in your writing. Because even watching, I only had the opportunity to watch the... Um, the uh, first episode of Cheetah, which has been a while right now, it's in its second season. But mm -hmm. I think there's an assumption that the writers look like the people that they're writing about, right? I think there's something yeah, yeah. about the dynamism and the gift that you have yeah. that really tells a story in and of itself, right? So it already disrupts 
certain ideas about who can write, mm -hmm. for, right? So the fact that sure. you can do this, you can write um, these wonderful stories about gay men and, and all of this, and you have a powerful voice for queer lesbians is actually quite, I, I think in my mind, is really, really unique. Yeah. That's awesome. I really appreciate you saying that. Like, sure. because you know, when you, you know, when you're a creative person, let's say you just put your head down and work and you just figuring things out, you know, trying to find the right, trying to find the right fit for different things you're trying to do. And, you know, sometimes I just, you wonder, like, is this sticking? Does this make sense? Are people interested? You know, and sometimes that can kind of even stunt your creativity as well. You know, you're not really sure where it's going or how it's performing or is it resonating? Um, so thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. And I mean that quite genuinely. So thank, thank you. Thank, um, oh, yeah, of course. So given your sort of your unique perspectives as a writer and your dynamism, how, uh, what has your experience been like breaking into the business that you're into now? And you do, a, a, you know, a few things. So anything that you want to share would be great. I honestly feel like that I've had a really good experience. I don't know. I haven't like been met with a lot of resistance in terms of like, you know, being judged or people having their reservations about me, you know, um, because I'm into women or anything like that. And that may just be because I'm pretty like a pretty easygoing person just in general. So I usually get along with people pretty well. Um, but I think a lot of it is just people are really interested in hearing our stories. That's, I think, is a big part of it, honestly. Um, and I think just getting into the industry has just been about putting myself out there. You know what I mean? Like I, it's like people are literally like waiting for people like us to like, like to tell these stories, you know what I'm saying? Because everything is about, you know, quote unquote diversity and inclusion and these authentic stories, but they don't have the people to tell the stories, you know, right. so that's the problem. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And it's like, they may, you know, try to cast that net and try to pull people but though, there, are, there are a lot of people who are misrepresenting themselves too, you know? And so a lot of it has just been about, honestly, been putting myself out there. Like I will email, call, talk to anybody, you know what I mean? And that's the thing that's honestly worked out for me. You know, like my mentor that I've been working with for the last three years, her name is Janine Daniels. And she's someone that I have admired for years. And like, I made my first web series because of Janine. And I, I saw her in a Periscope. She dropped her email. She, she would drop her email to somebody else. And I emailed her. I saw it as an opportunity. <laughs> and so I emailed her. It took her like a month to get back to me, you guys. Like I was stalking my email every single day. And I did not give up. I'm like, I just pray that she gets back to me. And she did. And she gave me really my first opportunity, you know, in terms of like getting on a set, showing me how to actually do certain things with writing, strengthening my, sto my storytelling. Um, and Janine just welcomed me and really helped me tap into like, Rhonda, like you, you have something in terms of, you being a, a black lesbian woman, you need to write about that. We need that. Like there's a huge gap, you know? So she really helped me get out of the whole me trying to resist the, you know, the gay and lesbian stories and narratives. Yeah. Um, and she really helped me tap into it, you know? And, and I also involved, I evolved into being a producer because of her as well. So I think a lot of it, honestly, is just shoot, it's been just shooting my shot. That's really what it's been. Yeah. It's been shooting my shot and I've just gotten, I, I, I don't even want to say it's luck. I feel like it's, it was supposed to happen. I don't think it was coincidence. I think that those were the right people I was supposed to be with. Um, and in working with Janine, I just got the confidence to just reach out to other people. Like I mentioned, the Black Widow podcast, I just reached out to the man who, that, whose project it is and just showed my interest. You know what I mean? So, 
And honestly, when you do that, the best thing that you can do that works in your favor is having relationships. You know, people consider you for so many projects when you have relationships, you know, yeah. stuff that you're not even thinking about. Um, I know with Janine that I just mentioned a moment ago, she pulled me in to work on, I don't know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Zane, the author. Yeah, I am. Same. Yeah, so Zane has an erotic lesbian podcast called uh, Purple Panties. And I was oh, able to get picked up. That. I haven't listened to yeah. it yet, but I followed yeah. it. Yeah, right. So she, she, right. So she, she wanted to tap into this market because it's a huge market for lesbian content and in terms of scripted podcasts as well, you know. Um, so I got, Janine was able to pull me in and actually help to be a consulting producer and the music supervisor on that project, you know. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have that relationship, you know. So that's all I can encourage anybody that is listening when you do get these relationships and you have mentors or someone that is willing to help you just maintain that relationship and be professional because it can take you so many places because you, you come to mind, you know what I'm saying? People want to work with good people at the end of the day, you know? So. Yeah. It's all about who you know. So where do you see, or where would you like for your career to go? Because I, I saw, I mean, like I have been following you on Instagram and I see what you're doing right now. And I did not realize until like just recently, the stuff that you've already done. So like, you're not super brand new. You know what I mean? Like you didn't just start yesterday. I need to update my website too. I really do. Like it's updated, but I, I have some other stuff going on too, you know, and I've been trying to be open to the fact that like the things that I want and these ideas of how I thought my writing career or creative life was going to go that the success may just show up differently you know what I mean and I'm not even talking about money I'm just saying like just opportunities and doors open that I just wasn't even thinking about you know and my my ultimate goal was to be a showrunner like Shonda Rhimes um I wanted to be a showrunner you know I wanted to be a tv writer and that's very much like a it's a very hard door to get through very hard you know um so I didn't want that to, yeah, I didn't want to get sad about that. You know what I mean? Because it can be sad because what happened, the, just getting through that door is just really, really hard. You got to keep on pushing, keep on pushing. Some people push for 10, 10, 15 years to be a TV writer and it might not happen or it happens in that 15th year. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? I can keep on trying to push at that door, but I also still need to be doing other things as well. Mm-hmm. So that's where the whole short film came from. So ultimately, I think at this point, I would just love to have a, a successful independent production company so that I can have funding to get projects off the ground that need to be made. That's yeah. kind of where I see things going for myself, you know, because I, I, I don't lose c- control. And not that I'm even a controlling person because Medicated Dawn is a very collaborative effort from really everybody that was involved. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted everybody's feedback and they were encouraged. You know, it was a team effort, you know? Um, so, I, but I want to have the creative control to tell the, the stories the correct way because once they start going down the pipeline and you start losing control, there's no telling what you're actually going to see once it's actually, once it's done. Yes, we have the Shonda's and Shonda Rhimes is dope. Um, Yeah. And then we have, you know, like RuPaul owns about everything on logo now. Um, (laughs) Right. But like, as far as queer black women, you know what I'm saying? And I know Lena Waithe is like doing a lot more and she's like, you know, has all these shows. I don't know if she has her own production company, but it's like the fact that I have to think hard about naming, Mm -hmm. you know, naming people that means it's not enough yeah yeah no for sure and that's that's absolutely true there's so many people even in in my short film there were so many firsts you know what I mean like so many first time acting 
you know, my really good friend was her first time being a DP, you know, a cinematographer, my first time directing, you know, I was able to hire mostly black women. Like those are the things that mattered to me. Like that happening did something to me. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to pay these black women and we worked together as a team and we felt like a family and I missed them the day after we wrapped, I missed them. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, damn, like I want, I want this feeling over and over again, you know? So I think that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit. And I was like, hmm, do I want to be a showrunner? Because even then it's still going to be a game. You know what I mean? Like it's still right. going to be what the, what the network wants. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and I'm, I look like I'm in charge, but there's still somebody that I report to. There's still somebody that's going to have a say in terms of what needs to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there is, there is control, but not the kind of control that I would like to have. And, and I really use control loosely in terms of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to water this whole thing down. I want to be, be able to make the final decision and that be that, you know? So I, I really think that a production company is the way to go so that I can get behind projects and, you know, raise capital and invest in things that really need to get off the ground, you know? Because there's so many projects that are sitting on the shelf that'll never see the light of day because of money, you know? Right. So I was going to okay. ask, has your art been influenced by your queerness? But I feel like that's obvious. You know? Yeah, I mean? for sure. My, yeah, my art has. I mean, a lot of the things that I've just been involved in have just been my own personal experience. You know what I mean? Like just looking back over the course of my life, people that have been around me, people that have been, you know, just my relationships, past relationships, um, all of it. I think most of the things that I'm working on probably right now are a direct reflection of my life, to be totally honest with you. Like, it, either it's a personal story or it's someone close to me that has gone through something. So, yeah, the queerness has a, because most of my friends are queer. So, you know, or identify with something along that spectrum, you know. So, um, yeah, I think my queerness is everywhere. It's very apparent in the work that I'm doing, for sure. I love that because I feel like, with all of the things that we see on TV, like every network and mm -hmm. like majority of the movies, we have to search to find people who have experiences like ours. And I know yeah. just because we're we black and queer, and right, exactly. We, we hang on mm -hmm. to pose because it's like, this is what we got. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's, we shouldn't have to search and find right. to look, and I know that every every black and queer person is not gonna have the same experience, mm -hmm. but it still sure. feels good. It's just like being black, right? And growing up. Yeah. Everybody wasn't like the Huxtables, but like it was nope. enjoyable because it's like, oh, it's black folk on yeah. TV. Right, right. Right. It was like you didn't have to mm -hmm. have the same experience. You just knew that they were black. Yeah. And, and yep. that I'm black. And so it's the same way with being black and queer. It's just mm -hmm. like Absolutely. not to say I don't watch, you know like heteronormative shows I do but it's it's like after a while it's kind of like you know you get the same storylines that you know you don't really relate relate to and it would be nice to see you know something different and I think of course you know yeah, for the longest we haven't had that because people were afraid to watch look at or see queer folk on tv agreed I mean because look at us now I mean we're in a we're we're right now this is, this is, let, let, I'm gonna give you a perfect example of networks and major people not getting behind this black queer narrative at all. We've had queer eye for the straight guy. We had the L word. The L word has left and been off the net, off of net major TV for about 15 years. 
has circled back around and about to come back, and we still haven't had a major black, lesbian, gay, bi, whatever, anybody on the spectrum on any any a network. I mean, okay, they gave we had um, we had Noah Hart, our, right? Was that was about it. I mean, but and I think and, and that was about it. I mean, and I'm not saying that that was a that was great, but I'm saying like there there should have been more. You know what I mean? No. Because. Although I love the L word, I didn't feel like I saw myself on that screen at all. Tasha did not represent me. I did not feel like just because Bet is, I mean, not, is it Bet? Yeah, Bet, because she's half black, I didn't feel connected to her at all. You know what I mean? And right. so, so, yeah, like I feel like there's still just a, a huge gap. And the thing about it is, there's such a huge audience for black lesbian women, and I can give numbers. I've done research on this. When you go, I mean, because I obsess over. The, the the content online there's so many black lesbian web series online and really? the views are yes the views are through the roof the, and the numbers don't lie because which tells you there's an audience these people want to watch the content but they don't have anywhere else to go but youtube so why a network hasn't gotten behind a, a lesbian black show i have no idea it, it blows my mind because it, like the numbers like are there think- it won't sell. I've, to me, that's always been the history of like almost anything with black folk. Like, you know, it has to be on like a black station because they feel like it won't sell. Because if you think about Noah's Ark, Noah's Ark was a great show. And yeah. it only was on Logo. And not saying Logo is, is not a great channel, but like most people are not going to Logo to watch their show. They're going to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, which is not even on logo anymore yeah you know what i mean so like that it should have been mainstream so even that right. was like an aside right that's still exactly on and it should have been on yeah. a major like how pose is on a major network now yeah. but look how yeah. long that took yeah. and then when pose goes off for the you know season we don't have anything yeah it's like we're back to right we're back to youtube and it's like these right. are things you know that we would like to see all the time like we have so and many that's what i'm saying things. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I would, and I would, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, even on a grand, grand scale, like, okay, cool. I'll start off with a small production company. I would love to have, like, my own quote-unquote logo. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be able to continuously rotate content where you know that we have somewhere to go where your stories will be told. On Because the thing about it is, like, without the money, unfortunately, the quality of the projects suffer, you know? Um, people are doing what they can, you know, and you want to look past that. But our stories should be quality projects. You know what I'm saying? That we can sit down and listen to and not have to squint and not have to turn up and turn down because, you know, the sound is off or whatever. I mean, because that's usually the experience for a lot of the projects that I've seen on YouTube. And of course, I've watched it because it wasn't a whole lot for me to actually look at outside of that. And you you try to fight through that, the poor quality, because you see the potential. So Mm -hmm. I would love to, I would love to have, I would love to get like a network off the ground and be behind something like that, because we have to have a place where our content is housed and stop at nothing to be like, okay, well, sh- well Showtime's not going to give us any money, so we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? That just goes yeah. back to the whole being black thing and being powerful and feeling like we can figure this out, you know? So that's ultimately what I hope happens. I mean, we should, de- we should have been had our own network at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you better claim that. Cause that that's not unattainable. Like I I don't think it is either. Because I mean, you know, me and a couple of people were working on a couple of different projects, and I'm like, man, I'm like, this these stories are really good, really powerful. They're fresh. They're reflective of so many different things. 
I'm like, you know, we we need to we gonna make this thing happen. We really are. Like I feel like I'm speaking it into existence and speaking life into it and being excited about it and, and working with people who are just as excited about making it happen, you know? So, you know, I, I do feel good about it. I really do about getting a lot of stuff off the ground. Yeah. Nice. So this is, I'm going to, this is, a, I'll be our, well, my last question, unless Shamian has something else to say um, or ask, but um, do you feel that being black and queer has prevented you in any way from moving forward? I was going to say in your career, but like. Has there been any obstacles? Yeah. Something to that effect, because. Yeah, I think the question should be nuanced just a bit. Okay. Go ahead and nuance it, girl. Actually, <laughs> maybe not because you said earlier <laughs> that you haven't faced any adversity. Am I right? For being all not really in the industry. Not That's honestly. Right. I mean, yeah. if it's happened, I have never felt it. Maybe I wasn't. I was so I was looking past people's ignorance. I don't know, but I have not encountered anything where I can just identify like damn so-and-so gave me the cold shoulder didn't give me the time of day or you know I got demoted on a project or something because yeah. of me you know what I'm saying like then I'm I mean I have a corporate job as well so even in my corporate life I've never had an issue with the way that I dress the way that any of that you know what yeah. I'm saying like I just have like regular black girl problems in terms of me having locks and you overthinking how to wear your hair but that has Thank nothing to do with <laughs> the queer part of it you know what I mean yeah so yeah, I haven't, I haven't had that struggle, and, and like I said, unless, unless I've just been completely oblivious, I have never had any issue, for yeah. whatever reason, I haven't, you know, and I have wondered, like, am I, you know what I mean, like, I've questioned, like, did, did was so-and-so's intent really this, or was it that, and I'm like, no, like, the, you know, the person treated me with respect, I got exactly what I was looking for, you know, and, and the things that have not worked out have never been because of me being queer. It's yeah. just been because it's not a good fit. Our personalities just don't work well. You know what I mean? I've had that happen, but it's never been about, yeah, this is not going to work, Rhonda, because you're a lesbian or because you're into women. More than anything, it's worked in my favor. It's just been like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to hear your story. You know, I think I, more than anything that, the, yeah, what the experiences I've had has been like, yes, come through the door. You're exactly who I've been looking for. That That's is interesting. definitely a blessing. Yeah. I yeah. Makes me think about is when I'm thinking about your experience as someone who's been fully accepted for all of who mm -hmm. you are, and the glaring uh, sort of lack of Black queer lesbians like in the mainstream. I, it sort of makes me wonder what's happening. Like, what's the disconnect? Because clearly, like you said, people want to hear our stories. They want this content. They want this writing. Mm -hmm. They want these shows. But at the same time they're not mainstream, even though there's a clear need for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about that, given your own experience in the industry. The only thing I can think of is if you're, if you're not, here's the thing. Okay. So there are times when things happen just as black people and things happen or things don't work in our favor. And it, we could say like, Oh, that didn't work out because I'm black. Right. That could happen. I feel like that there may be times when people are, are trying to break into the industry or trying to have build certain relationships and it doesn't work out and they may blame it on their queerness, but it's simply you though. It has nothing to do with your queerness. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm saying like, it's so important to do the things like the, the key elements of making it in the entertainment industry, in my opinion, are showing up on time, 
doing everything you said that you were going to do and having initiative. Mm-hmm. Those, like the, those are the main things. Your talent really doesn't even matter, to be completely honest with you, because people can teach you the skills that you need to learn how to write and do whatever if mm-hmm. you really want to learn. You know what I'm saying? So it's the intangible things that matter. So I feel like that if people can't deliver on those things, that yeah. it's like, oh, okay, they're not, they not messing with me because I'm gay or because I'm a stud or because I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. To make themselves, maybe that's their default. I don't know. That's just my, that's just my assumption because I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't had that issue because nobody has given me a hard time about my sexuality, about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm very open about me being into women. It's not like I'm tiptoeing around and, you know, showing up in skirts one day and then coming back <laughs> and looking a different way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I show yeah. up who I, as who I am, but I came to work. I came to do a job. I came to be professional. I came to get along with everybody. I came to be a team player. I came with a positive attitude. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that maybe that's the reason why I've had better experiences. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I go into it having certain expectations as well, you know, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I've just never, I've never experienced it based on my queerness. And and what I just said about other people may not even be true. That's just my assumption because I've never seen anybody else experience that either. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, why they're saying the, the other people where their stuff is not working out, where the resistance is. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's definitely a blessing. I mean, I, I am, I think, I always tell Shemian, um, when people see me by myself, no one mm-hmm. assumes that I'm a queer lesbian um, mm-hmm. because of, I, they, you know, people go on appearance, right? I'm right. just a tall mm-hmm. black Very woman who, you know, most of the time my hair is done. A lot of times I have a makeup, not all the time, but, you know. <laughs> um, but when they see us together or her by herself, because she is more masculine presenting, people's mm-hmm. walls go up. And so I, I find it very interesting because I do feel like, um, you know, it just depends on who you're around, I guess, and your experience and how much, how open-minded the people are around you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I also noticed that I, I kind of hear, I hear what you're saying and it reminds me of Shemian because she, I notice things. And a lot of times she doesn't notice them because she just doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and that could totally be it, honestly. That could be because it's like, I'm not even tripping off of what y'all doing over there. Like, I'm trying to right. do this over here. You know, that could, exactly. that's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said that. I'm like, I might be totally oblivious to what somebody said or did. I don't even know. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I think that's, a in that, I it, there is a blessing in that. And I'm, I'm trying to be more like that. Uh, because when she and I are out, honestly, and like people are staring or they're like, I think I, I wrote mm-hmm. a, a tweet today about like people uh, body scanning her and trying to figure out like, does she have breasts or like, is she a man or is she a woman, which annoys the shit out of me. But she, mm-hmm. I mean, literally is like tunnel vision. If we're in the supermarket, she's going straight to what she needs. And I notice everyone and everything. And she's <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, did you see that man looking at you? And she's like, no, because I don't like right. I'm here for, you know, I'm here to do this. And she, it's like the same as when she works. Like she, she knows who she is. I'm all speaking for her and she's right here, but she knows who she is. But it's one thing I admire about her. And it sounds like you guys are very similar in this, where she knows who yeah, she is. That, she's always yeah, been. That could very well be it. Yeah. And she's not going yeah. to let anybody else's, ideas or feelings or misconceptions get in the way of her doing her job 
And then yep, in the end, absolutely. people end up loving her on the job because they're like, oh, you know. Get over it. People get over Yeah, it. we're over it. And she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it is. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you go with, this is my intentions. I got hired for the job. I'm going to come do the job. Like, I'm not expecting you to treat me any differently or woo-woo-woo me because I'm a lesbian woman or whatever. Like, I came to do a job. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's just like, I just, I'm, so like, I, I might just be tunnel vision and just be blocking everything out that's going on around me. But, and I've just been blessed with the people that I've met, honestly. Like, I've had so many good experiences. Like, and that, I think that that just may be because I've been, try, been trying to be really positive be really intentional and you know having doing things for the right reasons like I I've reached out just like in a capacity of like being of service to people you know that's usually my intent is to be of service because being of service I get a chance to learn and I get a chance to grow and be better you know what I'm saying like in turn that's how I built my career up that's how I started you know so maybe that's also why you know what I'm saying because when you're saying being of service I'm coming to people working for free yeah. You know, so I can learn. So maybe, maybe they weren't even concerned about. Maybe they did have bias, but they were like, "Well, shit, you working for free? I can right, put my right. shit aside." You know, maybe that's it too. I'm not even sure, but mm-hmm. I know that I had my intentions because I knew what I wanted to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, that's a word right there. Yeah, I feel I'm. <laughs> you know, I'm just listening to to, and we're we're getting ready to wrap up. Thank you again for your time. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. One of the things that. I'm taking away from this conversation is what you mentioned about your drive and your your sort of laser focus on your dream. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. something that's really, really important to uplift, especially yeah. as black and queer folk, right? So it's like we got yeah. extra. We ain't just black. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Queer. We I got a lot of intersections going on. Yeah. yeah. And for young folks and even, you know, people that aren't maybe that aren't so young, I think there's a lot of discouragement right out of the gate because we're clearly up against some challenges that other people sure. will never ever face in their lives. Right. But I think mm-hmm. your story, the fruits of your labor, all the things that you're doing in the world are a testimony to what can happen if you just know mm-hmm. who you are, right? And you never stop the dream. Just like you said, you followed up and you followed up and you followed up and you followed up. You knocked down doors, literally. And that led in part to where you're at. And so I really, really want to uplift just that, that nugget for folks that are listening, that your story is an inspiration for other people in general, but especially for Black queer folk. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And I- and I, of course, and I appreciate that. And just one last thing too is that yeah. I feel like I'm just in a place right now in my life where, when the when the light really went off about me really diving into who I am and sharing that with the world, a lot of it was me taking on and understanding that I have a responsibility and that I want to show up as the person that I needed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just a lot of what's driving me right now. It makes me feel like I can't stop because I realized who I needed when I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, early 20s. I needed certain things. So I'm hoping to deliver that in these stories that people can understand they're not alone and that we build, we build these communities and different resources and people feel like when you feel like you're not alone, that just does something for people. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's a huge part of what's driving me right now because I know how important and lonely and lost I felt, you know, at those early ages. So yeah. I'm now hopefully trying to reconnect, reconnect and fill that gap through the stories and things that I want to do. That's why I really want to get this production company going, do everything that I want to do, because it, it can really, really empower people, you know? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we believe that you're going to do it. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I really, really do. This has been awesome. This has been a great experience. Shamian just said you're already doing the work and you are. So even if people, you you know, have not, if you you don't have the network yet, you are already doing the work and it will come. Absolutely. Because you are doing it. I sense that you already know that, but it's sometimes it's the really small things. Like when I was watching the fitness, I forgot what the name of the Mm -hmm. Oh, it's called Petty Fitness. Yeah, and there was this, I think this was maybe the first episode where one woman was saying that she wasn't sure how far she was going to go because of finances, and there was a little graphic that came up that said broke AF, and I literally, Mm -hmm. she was in here laughing laughing out loud, but it's so (laughs) small, the reason why I mentioned that, because it's so small moments of recognition where I'm like, that's my fault, you know what I mean? That's not something you see on TV show, it's those small moments of laughter that really mm-hmm. open up something, right? Where I can be like, wow, there's something that I can watch, where I can see folks that look like me, that talk like me, like I can get it. You know what I'm saying? Someone else in the room might've been like, what? Why was that funny? There's mm-hmm. something really mm-hmm. special and empowering about that. And that was just one, yeah. that was like five seconds. Yeah, she was in here <laughs> cracking up. So like, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it's hard sometimes to measure our impact. And that that's kind of the mm-hmm. point I'm making. Like I'm talking about, five seconds in time and that's been many moons ago for you right but for me today it brought me joy so you never yeah. know you never know right. how the things that we do in the world the works of our hands how they really impact people ten hundred sometimes a thousand fold over and over right um yeah well in any event uh thank you again and uh Lorraine's gonna you're going to say something yeah before we log off i want you to tell folks where they can find you um you know any shout outs you want to make and you know please sure no problem and also i mean i don't want to like this is gonna be complicated if i say something else it's it's something that i didn't bring up but i want to say it like in my closing right now it's something else that i recently started and I kind of like didn't want to share it but i want i should share it because it's been going so well (laughs) share Share, please (laughs) okay so about two weeks ago, I started a YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel is called Rhonda's Red Sauce, and it's a mukbang channel. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. There's this craze of people that love to watch people eat on the internet, and <laughs> my cousins have been doing it for two years, right? And I decided to do it because I just felt moved to do it, you know? And it's just been going so well, and I've been like healing in this whole process and sharing and people are sharing with me and it's just been this really powerful thing of me being like this masculine presenting woman with my hat backwards and having these straight black women or all types of black women older younger straight and whatever however they identify trusting me and us having these powerful conversations like it's been a wild ride these last two weeks that I just was not prepared for um so Rhonda's Red Sauce is a platform of mine that I'm currently working on um, and I think that it could be something that can actually evolve and help me with my whole production thing that I was referring to earlier. Um, and I, anybody out there, you guys can find me. My personal page is I do the right things. Uh, my Instagram page, I D O T H E W R I T E T H I N G. That's really long spelling it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do the right thing. <laughs> I do the right thing, you know, as a, as with a writing utensil or writing like a pen or uh, a pen or uh oh god you guys writing with a pen pen pen. thank you (laughs) a pen or a pencil thank you i couldn't think of the damn pencil um so i do the right thing 
And I have a film, short film called Medicated Dawn that's coming out. Um, you guys can follow that page as well. Like I said, it's screening in October. Um, I am going to be having screenings like held in LA more than likely, but I'm also looking into potentially having online screenings as well, where we can actually log onto a website and watch it together collectively. And then I can do a Q and A afterwards. So I'm actually looking into that. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's it. I just want to just shout out. Everybody that's the out Bay there area. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love to come to the Bay to screen it up there. I would love to, I would love to do that. Like we're really getting behind this film and really pushing it. Um, you know, me and my partner, um, my partner, partner Katie, who is the director and editor, I want to shout her out. This is our first project we've done together, her Sunny Blue Films yeah. and my company, I Do the Right Thing. We're partnering up on this um, Medicated Dawn. So just shout out to everybody that's a part of the cast and crew of Medicated Dawn. Um, I want to shout out to my parents and my partner. They were my executive producers who financed and helped me with the short film. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm just really grateful for where I am, and I'm excited about everything in the future, and I just want to get this thing rolling, and I just want to be positive and connected and just make this really be a part of the change, like shifting the narrative for a lot of different things that need to change. So that's it. That's, that's all I got. Well, thank you so much, Rhonda. We so appreciate you. Yeah. I had fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank you for reaching out to me. I'm so glad. I'm so happy that I got a chance to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when it is all said and done, like, you know, and you've had some time to like uh, do some um, screenings and stuff, we want to have you back so you could talk about it and we can talk about how things went and how things are going. Like this is, this needs to be like followed up. We want to follow you on this okay. journey. Absolutely. Right. Like I would love that. I would love to see what this turns into because I feel like that it's, it's 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 gonna start. It, you know, it's 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 a, it's the start of it, and I feel like it's the ball is gonna start rolling. Things are gonna come out of it. You know, so I'm excited. I will absolutely keep you guys posted on everything, and I will come back. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Take care. You have a good one. Bye. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we had fun with Rhonda and getting to know her and the work that she's doing. And we hope you all enjoyed it. Yes. And we hope you all go to her IG and her website. I do the right thing. Um, you know, just check her out and support her. That black and queer experience that she is giving you all, giving all of us. Mm -hmm. And we just want to say this show is actually dedicated to... I want to dedicate it to Rhonda and people like Rhonda who are trying to break down the walls uh, like in the entertainment business and trying to do something different and not just bring uh, black and queer characters into shows, but create black and queer shows. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. And so uh, we want to dedicate this show to her and those like her who are just you know, breaking down those walls and barriers yeah. for those that are coming behind them too. Cause she's young. So this is dedicated to you, Rhonda. Woo -woo. Woo -woo. Thanks again, guys. Yes. As always. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And don't forget for supporting. to, yeah, keep supporting. Don't forget to um, subscribe and rev uh, you know, leave us a review or comment. We like positive ones, but you know, if you don't like it, whatever, you leave that too. It's cool. That means at least we know you're listening. 
<laughs> oh, that's a way to spin it. And if you want to get in touch with us, please go to our website, www.blackqueerpodcast.com. And you can go to our contact page and you can send us comments or questions that you may have. And we can answer them on the show. Or you can even send in suggestions of what you would like to hear. Or if oh, there's good. topics that you've never heard talked about. Yeah, I like that idea. I just came up with that right now. Um, don't forget, also, we have an IG, Black Queer Pod. Twitter, Black Queer Pod. Make sure you, you know, follow us and all that kind of stuff. Um, right now, Twitter is popping. Uh, you know, so come and support us because there's a lot of people who, you know, they don't like us black queers. So we need y'all to come. Those who do, come and support us. Oh, Lord. Come and support us. Okay. <laughs> anyway, for real, Twitter and IG, it's both the same black queer pod. Um, you know, check out our pictures. I like to follow people back who follow us and um, support support each other. Anything you want to say? No. That's it? Just no? It's been a good full show. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>